Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast, the official podcast of FilmPulse.net. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode number 173. My name's Adam Patterson. With me today, we have Kevin Rakestraw. How you doing, Kevin? Pretty good. Pretty good. Got a double dolan day. Double dolan. Double double. Double doubling up the dolan today. We got two Xavier Dolan reviews coming up. We got Mommy and we got Tom at the farm. There you so, go. There you go. Doing a little doing a little dolan double bill. Oh yeah. So that's pretty exciting. I was uh, waiting forever for you to see Mommy. Well, I did. So be excited. Yeah. Be excited. Be happy. You know. <laughs> I am. I'm. I'm both excited and happy. We'll also be going over some of we've been watching, new on Blu-ray, VOD releases, movie predictions, all that fun stuff that we normally do. Uh, before we get into our first review, just wanted to quickly go over some of the news coming out of Comic-Con this year. Still still very glad that I don't go to Comic-Con. Uh-huh. It just it looks like every year is a little bit more of a nightmare than the previous year. Sounds good. And I think it's just isn't it just lines? Like it's yeah. just lines, right? I'm pretty sure it's just lines. I'm pretty sure it's a I don't it's, know. it's a queue convention is what it is. Yeah. I, I don't know how long Ernie, because Ernie's there again this year, and I don't know how long he waits in line, but I'm pretty sure it's like days. Like, he waits days in line to get into Hall H. Uh, I mean, he likes doing it. Some people like it. The the uh, I think they like the anticipation, you know, but uh, for me, uh, no way. No way. I would just lose it. I would lose it. Plus... And we've said this before, any big news that happens at Comic-Con, it's instantly. The second that it is announced, it's online. You know, because somebody's tweeting it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, just a couple highlights so far. We have a new poster for The Hateful Eight. That that was, uh, there was a Hateful Eight panel yesterday. The whole cast was there. Tarantino was there. They revealed some footage. Everybody's losing their shit over the footage, so I'm pretty excited about that. The footage, the footage hasn't been released online yet. I don't think it will be. It's, but uh, either way, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't watch it. Either way, the new poster looks awesome, and Tarantino announced that. Um, yeah, that's ridiculous. Morricone is doing the score. That's ridiculous. So, wow. That's just insane. Time to get excited for that. I didn't even care about that movie, but that news has got me pretty fucking excited. That movie is going to be intense. I I read an interview with Samuel L. Jackson a few weeks ago that said when they were shooting, Tarantino had the set refrigerated, and he had the, the temperature down to like 34 degrees or something so that when they were doing scenes on a set, it would... They would feel the cold. You know, their breath, when you see their breath, it's real. It's... <laughs> uh, see what a budget gets you? Yeah. To refrigerate yeah. your sets. <laughs> that's, what's, that's what everyone's aspiring to. To get, enough, to get enough dough. To get enough capital to refrigerate your sets. Speaking of budgets, they released a new behind-the-scenes video for Star Wars... 
episode seven. I watched it last night. I wasn't going to watch it at all, but everybody was freaking out about it on Twitter, so I decided to give it a look. Fortunately, I can say it doesn't give away anything about the plot. So for those of you that are that want to go into this movie completely cold and know nothing, it doesn't give anything away. Basically, it just shows uh, some behind-the-scenes stuff and how they... It's basically that they were kind of gloating that they're using almost all practical effects in the movie. Like, all the creature work is... It's it's all puppets and people in costumes. Uh, Simon Pegg was in it because he's going to be one of the alien creatures. And uh, it was giving me the feels. I was uh-uh. I was feeling it at the end there. Oh, boy. So, yeah, check, check that out if you're a Star Wars fan. Uh, new Batman v Superman trailer came out yesterday. Holy shit. I'm actually pretty excited for that movie now. I am? It's a good trailer. It's a good <laughs> there are, there trailer. are always good trailers. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. His, ma- don't, his movies make really great trailers. Come on. Zack Snyder, yeah. yeah. But... I thought you were talking about like superhero in general. I was going to say, the Fantastic Four trailers aren't doing it for me. Yeah, Snyder Snyder does make good trailers, and this is a very good trailer. I'm still a little cautious about this movie. I don't don't know. It seems like if you you watch this trailer and you kind of pay attention to it, it does seem like they they lay out the plot in this trailer. I think that there's a lot that can be inferred from this trailer, and I'm not going to get into it in case there are people that don't want to see the trailer and want to go into that one cold, but it it looks decent. They show a lot more of Ben Affleck as as Bruce Wayne and Batman, so we get to see more of that. You get to see a little bit of the fight between Batman and Superman, which looks like it's going to be pretty epic. It should just Uh, be there. The entire movie should just be that. As long as Bat, as long as Batman wins, I don't care. <laughs> There's no. As long possi- as Batman wins. There's no f- possible way he could ever win. Yes, there is. No. He outsmarts Superman. He can't fucking outsmart Superman. Come on. He can. E- he can easily outsmart Superman. He's the world's greatest detective. <laughs> he's he's five moves ahead of Superman. <laughs> Superman's a fucking idiot. Yeah, all right. I'm probably gonna get flack for that. Um, I I didn't actually mean that. I was joking. No, you meant. No, I didn't. Nice, I like nice, I, nice I like I like I like Superman. It's just damage I like Batman. I like Batman. <laughs> I just like Batman more. Let's just do, let's do that for an hour. It's just damage the entire control. podcast should be you doing damage control. Okay, so for the next half hour, I'm gonna compliment Superman and how much I love Superman. Just so. try and work it into every review that we do. They show Wonder Woman. They show Wonder Woman in action in this one. Still not really sure how she fits in this story or why she's even there. Uh, I, I'm hoping that they don't go for a love interest angle they, with her, her, they, her and Bruce Wayne. I'm sure. Uh, it seems like they might go that route a little bit, and I hope they don't go there. Do you think? Um, do you think the whole movie is just centered around those two fighting over her? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That would be that would be horrible. That would be a terrible, terrible idea. No, what what I think it's going to be is that is that Bruce Wayne sees Superman, sees what he did to Metropolis in the first movie, and realizes or, or believes that 
we got to stop this guy. And I think that the way that they're setting it up, because when they showed Bruce Wayne, he looks older. So, like, he has, he, like, his hair's graying. So I think that the way that they're going to set it up is that Bruce Wayne has not been Batman for a while, and he's kind of coming out of retirement. And they also imply, and I know that I'm totally spoiling the trailer. Yeah, way to go. I said I wasn't, but whatever, I am. They also imply that Robin, that Joker killed Robin, because they show uh, a Robin costume with uh, some words written on it from the Joker, so I think it's safe to assume that the Joker killed Robin, and maybe even Commissioner Gordon. Oh my goodness, you're just wild speculation today. Yeah. You're just all over the place, putting down down Superman, just figuring movies out. I'm pretty excited for it. Kevin, you should probably be should I? Should at I? least a little bit excited for it. You were so into Man of Steel, you fucking love that movie. <laughs> You're eating that shit up. I did I did have uh I did enjoy that movie. It was good. I liked it. I just I don't know uh, I don't know about. And what is it, Superman v Batman or Batman v Superman or Yeah, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Put a subtitle on. Jeez. Yeah, they, yeah, they fucked that. They fucked that up. But it, the movie still looks like it's going to be pretty cool. I mean, this is something that fanboys like myself have wanted forever. You know, Batman and Superman in a movie together. It's exciting. Why just like you know, like I said, Batman can't beat Superman. Yes, he can. And now you're telling me that Batman's coming out of retirement with his gray hair and his bad hips and his busted up knee. He's got, well, like, he has he's got a, like two bone knees. He ain't got no cartilage in those knees. He's not even gonna be able to do shit. <laughs> he has a. He makes himself a new suit. And also, they show probably three different bat suits in the trailer, and they're all really, really badass looking. So I think that these are the best bat suits I've probably seen, maybe since Burton's Batman. Even maybe even better than Burton's. Hmm. Yeah, they look awesome. Uh, so the the only other Comic Con related thing I wanted to mention on the show is uh, Ash versus Evil Dead got a trailer, and it, so for those of you that that don't know, this is actually going to be it's not a movie, it's a stars series, a mini series that they're going to be showing. And when I first heard about that, I was like, eh, I don't know. It's just when you when you hear things like that, it usually doesn't pan out. Yeah. You know, it's just, especially on stars, like who even has stars, but I don't. after seeing the trailer, I'm a hundred percent on board with this. The trailer is amazing. And if you haven't seen it yet, if you're an evil dead fan, if you like army of darkness, oh my God, check that out. Cause you will not be disappointed. Hmm. I might have to check that out there. Oh yeah. You're going to be into it. Okay. I mean, it, it, yeah. it has the look and the feel of all the original of Army of Darkness and Evil Dead 2, he's got, you know, he looks pretty good for being the age that he is, and it looks like they're really going to play with that, they're, they're going to kind of, looks like there's going to be a lot of old man jokes, <laughs> which hopefully there won't be too many that it they play it out, but, you know, we'll see. Either way, I'm really excited for it. Let's go ahead and dive into our first review. Oh, which one are we doing? Oh, boy. I don't know. I was thinking about Tom at the Farm, since that's the one that's not out yet. Alright, let's do Tom at the Farm. Tom at the Farm, this actually was made before Mommy. This was made like 17 years ago. Yeah, I think it's. I think it was at TIFF uh, 
2012 or something. <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it's just now getting released here in the United States. It's been out for a while in other countries, but it's just now coming out in the States. It is uh, written and directed by Xavier Dolan, but it's based on a, a book, I believe, by Michelle Marc Bouchard. Is that right? Am I getting that right? Why? Yeah, sure. I don't, know, I don't know why you ask me. You know, we're both terrible at this. Of course, I don't have any notes in front of me, Fair as hand. usual. I'm just kind of nice. winging it. Nice. <laughs> the, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if, if uh, people know this or not, but I never have notes in front of me. So everything I say is just from memory, which is not, you know, my memory's not the best. It, so. Which I think we should point out that that's the way to do a podcast. So yeah. Just, just ad-lib it. Just I think you know, I think I think in a way it's kind of impressive. I I tell myself that, and I'm sure you do too. It makes yeah. it makes you feel better about it, like the yeah. quality. Yeah, kind of justifies just, it. So is it, <laughs> we rash we rationalize our poor quality with the fact that we are lazy and don't take notes. <laughs> I take I take very minimal notes sometimes. Like if there's something that happens in a movie that I absolutely do not want to forget and that I want to mention, I'll kind of make it like a bullet well, point. Well, the, the, the great thing is that the notes that we do take are always, they're, not, they're nothing serious. They're always oh, just yeah. like stupid little things. Oh, yeah. Like, did you see the color guy's shoes? Yeah. <laughs> Gotta make, make it a point to point that out. Well, I at least hope that I can remember the big things. You know, if there's amazing cinematography in a movie. Yeah, hopefully. I hope... Yeah, I hope that I can remember that. So anyway, getting back to Tom at the farm, I have a synopsis here. A grieving man meets his lover's family who were not aware of their son's sexual orientation. Ooh, I was quick and to the point. Right to it. Now, I guess I'll start with this one since uh, I wrote a review for Mommy and I talked about it before on the show and everybody knows what I already think about that one. I liked this. I didn't love it. It was, uh, for me, there wasn't a there wasn't a lot to it. Um, now, one thing that I like Xavier Dolan for, now granted I haven't seen all of his movies, but from the few that I have seen, he's really good at, at character work. He's really good at developing these characters and kind of showing the emotional state of these characters. And he, and it, it feels like you're really getting inside the heads of the characters in his movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like he, he's just, he's got a knack for that. And he has a knack for dialogue, too. And this movie has all those things. But as far as the the plot goes, a, a lot of people are talking, like, comparing this to a Hitchcock film and saying that it's very suspenseful and very filled with tension. And I sometimes felt that, but not really, because I kind of knew exactly where it was heading. It, yeah, it unfortunately, it is a bit predictable. Because there's not much to the storyline. It's fairly simple. <clears throat> yeah, like, I, when I saw the trailers, I was like, I kind of knew exactly what it was about from the trailer. But what I was kind of hoping was that there was more to it. There were going to be some twists and, like, maybe this this town and this family, they had secrets. And, and they kind of do, but none of them were like, oh my god, you know, and none of them were really shocking to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of agree with you the, with the tension. I was kind of surprised because I honestly I didn't really know what this movie was about outside of 
you know, he goes to visit the family and they don't know of the son's sexual orientation that they were together. Like, that's all I knew going into it. Uh-huh. And then, you know, because it's, it's very different than other Dolan movies mm-hmm. because it is kind of like a thriller. And I was just kind of surprised. I was taken aback, like with the music and everything. And I'm like, yeah, damn, it's kind of tense. It's different. And I liked it for that reason. Yeah, it's. I think it's. I think that he said in an interview that this was like his attempt at making a genre film. And I think he does a pretty damn good job of it. Enough so yeah. that I want to see more of that. I want to see more creativity. I, him out, you know, working outside of what we normally drama. see. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I would. And we'll yeah. we'll get into it when we talk about mommy. You know, he kind of has the same themes over and over again. Yeah, and I would love to see him do horror movie i would love him to to see him tackle a giallo style horror movie or something like that i think that he'd be really good at it i want to see him do just pretty much anything really i want to see him do a found footage supernatural horror movie. maybe not that <laughs> maybe not that i want to see him do a horror movie about giant bugs <laughs> that are attacking people that could work that i would work. i would like i would really like to see that I'd be interested in that, but I don't. I don't want to come off as as that I didn't like this movie because I did. I just it wasn't. It's one of it. They're just they're, they're just. It was a little meh for me. There wasn't a lot there for me to to really to really engage me in this movie. The 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 character of Tom, he was a complex character, but I just wasn't that attached to him. And a lot of the stuff that he does, he he does some really interesting things in this movie, like the the character. The fact that he stays at the farm, even though he's being mercilessly bullied mm-hmm. by by this guy, and I, I just I was like, why? Why are you staying here? This this guy's gonna kill you, man. I that was interesting when it took that turn because I did not see that coming. Yeah, when he decided that he wanted to stay at the farm and, he, and he, work there. Yeah, he kind of gets sucked in, and then when the uh, when Sarah shows up. Mm-hmm. And when he's talking to her, because, you know, she's trying to talk him out of it, like, you know, we need to get the hell out of here. Because, let's face it, Francis is, he's out of his mind. Yeah. He's crazy. And, and you see that the other people, even when he has interactions with other people in the town, they don't even want to look at him. No. They don't even want to look him in the eye, because everybody seems to be scared of this guy, and rightly so, because he's, he's nuts. Yeah. But the, the when Sarah shows up, Again, I I well, thought that 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 was kind of interesting with the way that where Tom's character goes and how he stays also, and he kind of gets into like staying there and being there and working on the farm and everything and you know it is complex because Francis is kind of like taking the role of his lover but not really you know what I mean yeah because yeah. he smells like him he sounds like him and everything but what's a lot of the things that happen with Sarah just didn't make sense to me well it just yeah kind of fell that, apart at that yeah point. that was actually yeah that was actually the next thing i was going to mention because she her character even though she's barely in it she's played by uh, evelyn Boshu from orphan black even though she's barely in it at all her character takes a crazy she has a crazy arc too like she completely changes her attitude yeah. from one scene to the next and that's what kind of threw me I was a little thrown by that too. I'm like, wait a minute, what? Why is like the 
literally the last scene, she was like, we got to get out of here. This guy's nuts. We need to leave right now. And in the next scene, there's, you know, something else going on with her. And you're like, what? They're fucking having a good time. Yeah, that just really didn't make sense to me. They really lost me there. And then it kind of, kind of got me back where you know Tom goes to the bar and then there's the whole story and yeah, yeah, kind of well, find out some things. Yeah, that, that I think that that's supposed to be kind of the big reveal. Yeah, I should also mention that Xavier Dolan plays Tom. <laughs> I didn't should, mention that. I guess we should point that out at some point in time. I think which, he looks like the I think he looks like the Joker. Well, that, gets, which that's funny because I thought that the entire movie and then the ending. I thought mm-hmm. that, like, I don't know. I just found that humorous because I was thinking it the whole way through. And then when you find out the story at the end, it's like, yeah, yeah that makes sense. I was like, he, he would be a perfect Joker. He would be a good Joker. And like always, every, you know, every single Dolan movie, the acting's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic acting. Uh, it's an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. It's emotionally draining, like always, which has always been the reason that I, it's always difficult for me to start a Dolan movie, because I know that that's what it's going to be. This one isn't as emotionally draining as his others, even though you kind of expect it at the beginning, because, you know, this it's about this guy who lost his lover who died, and the mom's grieving and the brother's grieving and you think that oh man this is gonna pack a punch but it's not really in fact the way that they act a lot during this time of grieving is kind of odd like the mother's very very odd and you can kind of see where francis gets his uh mood swings from especially that that scene when she slapped him right in the face Mm. at the dinner table i was like holy crap yeah She, she whacked him hard that's right francis needs to keep his mouth shut it's why. Yeah, it's it's uh, oh, it's kind of a minimalist movie, really. There's just not not a lot going on with the plot. There's no big, huge reveals or twists or turns or anything like that that I was kind of expecting because a lot of people were comparing this to like a Hitchcock movie. I, but I didn't, I, I didn't. Other than the music, I wasn't really seeing the comparison. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think he does a good job of setting the tone and maintaining the tension throughout the movie. It's, I mean, it is kind of predictable. There's not a lot of twists and turns that really surprise you. The only thing that did surprise me is some of the choices that the characters make yeah. because they just don't make sense. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It wasn't, but, and, it, and the thing about that too that is kind of confusing is they didn't really, they don't affect the story overall. Yeah, it just goes on to the next thing. Yeah, so it's kind of... I don't The only thing I can think of is that just, I guess, showed his his power, I guess. Francis, his ability yeah, to because, suck people in. Yeah, because he could do something com- like absolutely awful to Tom in one scene. And the next scene, it's like it never happened at all. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's very, very odd. And, and it's like they forget that it even happened. So it's uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. It's different. It's different. I enjoyed it. It's I, I didn't think it was. It's far from his uh, his best work, but it's definitely not disappointing. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'm like a I'm like a couple steps above a meh. I would agree with that. Absolutely. I didn't dislike my time with this movie. It's fairly short compared to some of his other movies. It's 
less than two hours. It's like an hour and forty five minutes or something. Which is which is quite nice. It's a little yeah. <laughs> it's a little more uh, breezy. For me, for, it still felt a little lengthy to me. They but... all the, yeah. His films always do. I mean, like the for me, the last seventeen minutes felt like an hour and a half. Yeah. In a in a good and bad way. Yeah. In a good way that he it was really tense and he takes his time like telling that story and you just want cuz you just want to know what the hell happened. Mhm. Just get to it. Yeah, I liked that. The you mean you're you're talking about the scene at the bar? Yeah. Yeah. I liked that that whole reveal. But that was cool. And I did find that scene to be pretty tense. So Uh and I like the end too. I like the way that they ended it. The ending was quite good as well. Uh, It's just, now what do you think? Because, you know, it's, I think it's safe to say that it's one of his weaker affairs. And the fact that it comes out like, what, two, three years later? I think that there were some. (laughs) You know, where it comes, like, you know, they're out of order. And now you're watching a guy that made a movie three years ago, which he's much better director than he is where he was. You know, that's got to be kind of shitty. You mean like the fact that he probably knows that Mommy is a stronger yeah. film than Tom at the Farm and Tom at the Farm is coming out after? Yeah. Well, yeah, that that is kind of shitty. But I don't think that this is getting a big release and I don't think that it's going to get nearly the same amount of hype as that, Mommy did. That's the other thing I don't understand with Dolan. Because every time a Dolan movie comes out, you know, every film festival, all it's just rave reviews. It's just nonstop rave reviews. Can you believe this guy, how young he is and how talented he is? And oh my God, it's another brilliant movie. And then we in America are just like sitting around waiting. Like, when can we see it? It's just, I mean, is there anyone like that that just gives like full on, just nonstop rave reviews, but yet his movies don't really. You know, they take forever to come out here, and then when they do come out, it's kind of just like, a, oh, yeah, by the way, here's a Dolan movie. I think that they're a hard sell in the United States. They're they're in French, and they are often pretty lengthy, and they don't have, they're not genre films. They're usually, like, familial dramas. Yeah. I think it's a hard sell. I think they're they're definitely a hard sell. I think with the success of Mommy, that could change things. And then also he has his English language debut coming out the either this year or next year. So that that could change things. He has two so. movies coming out. I hope I, so. I, I think he's coming out with uh, another French Canadian film first, and then he's going to have that his English language debut and they both sound like they're going to be really good so they're all they're always going to be good one thing I learned about Xavier Dolan that I, I didn't know is that he does a lot of voiceover work and that he's the voice of Stan in South Park when they dub South Park into French are you serious he's the voice of Stan Marsh in South Park <laughs> you just fucking made my day Get this. He's also the voice of Ron Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. He's the voice of Brainy Smurf in the Smurfs. He's Peter Mellark in the Hunger Games. He was Pi in Life of Pi. He was Jacob Black in the Twilight series. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. 
He also did voice. He was in Finding Nemo, My Dog Skip, Pay It Forward, uh, Alpha Dog, High School Musical 3, Senior Year, How to Train Your Dragon. He did the voice of Hiccup. Forward. Yeah. How crazy is that? This guy's unstoppable. It's fucking <laughs> unstoppable, man. It's really, it's kind of a bizarre thing to know that he's Stan in South Park, the French version. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, what are we going to score Tom at the Farm? I'll I'll score it first. Uh, I'll say mm, I'm, I'm kind of waffling between a six and a six and a half. I'll go with the six and a half. I'm going to go I'm going to go seven. Seven? Seven. Got, there you I go. Say, I love me some Xavier Dolan. I, so yeah, and me, either, me, either messing with the aspect ratios again. I think he only did it once in Tom at the Farm, though. I didn't even notice it. Yeah, I know. You can't a lot of times. I did not even notice that. I think that. it's the scene where Francis is choking him. And I, and is he giving him a hand job too? I don't know. I I didn't and it kind of get that, t- but maybe. It, it tightens in. Oh, really? Huh. I didn't even notice that. Damn. This is going to be playing in Select Cities August 14th. So check it out there. Probably going to be a while before it hits VOD and DVD. So... There's also another part of me that's just really hoping that I'm completely wrong about that. <laughs> what the aspect ratio? Yeah. I, that, that did not happen at all. Oh, a lot of times, especially if it happens later in the movie, I just don't notice it. Like a lot of times, if I'm seeing a movie that part of it was shot in IMAX, you know, and they and they blow it up, the aspect ratio changes for the IMAX scenes. I don't notice that either. Yeah, like I have a, I, I've, I for some reason I just have a hard time with that. I didn't even notice the second time at mommy when it happened. I had no idea. I figured, you know, I I kind of realized it like three minutes afterwards. And I was like, hey, wait with, a second. With mommy, it's it was more noticeable for me because I saw it in the theater, and it was such a drastic change. Gotcha. Because you you go from a square to a full frame, big sixteen by nine theater screens so seeing that in the theater and that was one of the concerns that i had with you seeing it at home i was like oh shit he's not really going to get the full effect and really feel the uh the emotional heft that that brings into the movie but let's go ahead and talk about mommy so this is i think this is on netflix right now right is it on I, I think you're correct I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix Instant. Uh, you can get it on VOD. You can get it on Amazon Instant Video for $3.99. This is also written and directed by Xavier Dolan. It Hence the Dolan has, Double. Dolan Double. I have a synopsis here. A widowed single mother raising her violent son alone finds new hope when a mysterious neighbor inserts herself into their household. That makes it sound kind of uh, nefarious in a way. A when a mysterious <laughs> neighbor... Inserts herself into their household. Yeah, it's odd. It's an odd synopsis. So, what did you think of Mommy? Fucking loved it. I figured you would. I was hoping you would. Jesus, again, the fucking acting. My God, powerhouse. Fuck everybody. Everybody. And uh, what's her name? And Dorval. She's fantastic. Suzanne Clement again, fantastic. Antoine Olivier Pallon. Killed it. He's, oh my goodness. He, and who did he remind me of? I, was, I kept thinking that he's, 
Oh, I can't even think of that guy's name. Shit. Shit. Should have looked that up. Um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, Alan Tudyk? Yeah, he just reminds me of a young <laughs> Alan Tudyk for some reason. That's all I could think of the entire time. It's just like, oh, you're you're a teenage Tudyk. That's weird. Teen- teenage Tudyk. <laughs> oh, man. But all three, of them, all three of them are just fantastic. And just the cinematography, I mean, you have... Out of this world. And I just, I, I love his camera movements. And what what's happening in the frame and how he frames it? Um, I was a little was a little worried at the beginning there with the aspect ratio because it's you know just at, right off the bat I'm just like oh this it's is, tight it's like this is, yeah this is different yeah it's it's definitely I don't know how I get, feel about this yeah so basically the aspect ratio is it's a one one right isn't it that's it's literally a square no I think it's more of a it's more of a rectangle. What is it? Is it more of a rectangle? I can't remember. No, oh, yeah, it is a one one. Yeah, that's what I thought. Didn't feel like. No, no. It might mu- one point, well one point eight five one. One point eight five one. So it's it's pretty much a square. Yeah. And so it's very tight. Really, really Extremely close. Tight. Really, really close up. And apparently, he wanted to do that because he wanted the focus to only be on the characters yeah nothing which, nothing else which it it really works it does yeah. it really works and then when it opens up yeah periodically does, there, there's it, it it perfectly communicates what he's trying to communicate it works yeah. so well i i've never seen aspect ratio used as kind of a, almost a plot device really pretty much and it it just it works so well like that scene when it he opens it up i was just so blown away by that. I know. I normally, to me, that's something that would, you know, normally I would kind of vomit at that. Like, oh, Jesus Christ, you got to be kidding me. But if it, it just fucking works. Pretty much everything Dolan does pretty much works for me. A lot of stuff that shouldn't work. I mean, ha- the majority well, of Mommy, it, let, I mean, let's be honest here. Like 60% of it is just like montages. It's just yeah, like, which, let's put a track on, we just do some to- cut it together. Which I, the way that it looks, and... <laughs> exactly. It, this is this is what was kind of surprising to me, that, that worked for me, that I'd never... The soundtrack, it's got some of the most generic music in it, at least to me. Old, like, not early 2000s music. But the way that he uses them, they all work it's just like in dope when they use the corn song <laughs> and i'm just like what and it actually works the uh the scene my favorite scene in the entire movie is the scene when they're dancing to the uh, celine dion song yeah that was my favorite scene and i just i loved that scene and i don't like celine dion but holy shit did it work in that context it sure does and then i mean they play they play Oasis at one point. Yeah, they play Oasis. Yeah, just like no. And then you, you know, after a couple seconds, you're like, yeah, all right, this works. I like this. Don't they? They, they play uh, Eiffel sixty five too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like what? Oh man, it, it was like all it was all one hit wonder, like or not one hit wonder, it, but big, yeah, big mean, pop the, songs. The, the first, what is the first one? The first montage. It might have been the second montage with him with the longboard and the shopping cart and everything. Wasn't that the Counting Crows? I, 
I think so. I think it was the Counting Crows. I fucking hate the Counting Crows. Yeah. I I mean, you know how much I hate Lenny Kravitz. Counting Crows is like right below Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, the soundtrack, it's something that I would never, ever in a million years listen to on my own, but it, it somehow just completely works in this movie. It does. It sure and does. I think it, it, it just it seems like he was doing that on purpose. Well, actually, when you think about it, it's like, what what would these people listen to? What would these characters listen to? They wouldn't listen to some kind of obscure indie folk group, you know? They would listen to this kind of music, the poppy, lame stuff. Yeah, Counting Crows, Dido, uh, Lana Del Rey, Sarah McLaughlin. I mean, the, the guy knows how to... He knows how to use music in a movie. Simple plan. <laughs> I mean, really, is there anything that he can't do? I'm wondering. No, no, I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. The, the dude is ridiculous. He's 26 years old. Don't say his age. It's just. It's so fucking depressing. <laughs> He's 26 Stop. years old. Why I just said. His first, his first film. You're gonna point it out. Oh, we're not, we're not even talking shorts. That's we're not talking student films. His first film drew an eight-minute standing ovation at the Cannes Film Festival, where it premiered. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. The guy is. I mean, I think he may be a prodigy. I think we could call him a film prodigy. Maybe. Oh, I, I've trying to think of something that i've done <sighs> fuck i got nothing no of course not <laughs> of course not. none of us ever have I, I read that people refer to him as the uh the french canadian art house cinema justin bieber okay it's kind of because because apparently he's very uh, people people called called him a brat and apparently he's difficult to work with so that could be one thing. He's quite possibly a dick in real life. Maybe. So, maybe there's that. Maybe that's one one flaw that we could give Xavier Dolan. Is it bad of me that I'm kind of hoping that that's true? No, I don't think so. But he's probably not. Think so. He's probably not. He's probably yeah, awesome. he's, pr- he's probably the greatest guy ever. <laughs> Fuck. Fucking Xavier Dolan. Unbelievable. Getting back, getting back to Mommy. Uh, oh, man, this movie... It's uh, there's a lot of energy in this movie. Well, there's a, there's a lot of plot. There's a lot going on. Ooh. This this is a very epic movie. There's just there's so much. I mean, it follows. I don't even know how long. How long does it even take? Like the time span. I think span. it's like four days. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels like eighteen years. It does. It feels like it's a really long time. Because they they cover so much ground, and there's 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 so many topics that they that he delves into, and there's just so much going on in this movie, and and, and the the journey that each of these characters takes, not just the kid, but his mom, and then the their friend, the, the, the teacher the across the street, the mysterious neighbor. yeah, who let's just go ahead and dispel any kind of thoughts about what that is. It's a teacher. And she, she lives across the street. She's on sabbatical and she stutters. Yeah. Which I, did, I thought that that was interesting as well because they, they just kind of hint at what she's going through. And yeah. maybe, you know, what 
what the cause of the sabbatical is. But they never they never outright discuss it. It doesn't come up. But, you know, a lesser director would use that as like, okay, this is going to be the big emotional set piece. Where, this where is what, sit- you know, this is yeah. where it's going to bring them together. Yeah, where she sits them down and tells them. You know, it's going to be this outburst and there's going to be so much emotion. But no, that doesn't happen. It, it kind of does, but it's different. It's more of a, you know, death threats. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's one thing that happens near the end of this movie one big thing that happens that i felt didn't really i I don't want to give away what it is but you can probably guess what it is it's it's a big thing that happens uh between uh uh steve and die it's towards the end of the movie like, well, I, I think it's towards the end. The huge, like, something happens. Yeah, there's something that happens between them, and you're just like, eh, I kind of wish they didn't go there with it. I kind of suspected that maybe it would go down that route. Just, yeah, there really didn't need to be that. I because mean, they, they kind of hint at it at the beginning with the, the he has attachment issues and stuff, but... Yeah, but... I felt like the movie was already so was dealing with our so many complex themes and the characters were so and I think it was already handled so well prior and yeah. where it's just kind of hinted at and it's never really brought up but you can kind of feel it there's situations where they're in where it's kind of uncomfortable but the thing is that moment is so fleeting that it well, didn't it, yeah, bring it, it down yeah, it for me at all it doesn't it's not a huge knock against the film or anything, but because it's such a small sequence, you do wonder why it's even in there. Right, right. It's like, why why add that? You were already doing a good enough job. Yeah. There's no need for this. And I love the, my probably my second favorite scene. Well, I don't know. I, I, Just fucking rank I, them I, all, buddy. I'm trying, like, there's a lot of favorite scenes of this movie for me, but I like the end a lot. The, where they do... Uh, where they again bring the aspect ratio to a sixteen by nine. That whole thing at the end. Uh, don't want to give it away, but basically the climb. Well, what I thought was going to be the climax of the film, but there's more after that. Yeah, a significant amount more actually. But and I, I, it works so well. It just works so damn well. This whole aspect ratio bit. Mm-hmm. Because you do, you, it's stifling. It's stifling. And then when it, once it opens up, you know, you can breathe. Yeah. Which is exactly what he's trying to get across. And it just works. Exactly. And and also, the cinemato- not just the aspect ratio, but all the cinematography is gorgeous in this movie. I, I loved every bit of it. I thought that every shot was just so perfectly framed. But I guess it would be easier to frame when you have such tight aspect ratio no. uh, eh, it just it works everything works framing's always great the camera movements are great the oh man just feels feels so good it's just like this fantasy element to it the way he shoots really, things yeah yeah it's there's a lot of kind of like dream-like sequences because even though it's like a emotional roller coaster and it's draining and it's just difficult to get through there's just this there's a sense of whimsy to it, which is mm-hmm. very odd that he's yeah, able no, to capture that. Yeah, there so is a fun. lot of uh, 
there's a lot of comedic elements in this. It's there's definitely some humor, good amount of humor, but but it's, all it's, right, that's all on the strength of the Steve's character. Mm-hmm. He's just so charismatic. Yeah, yeah, you like him, but yeah, you kind of it's like it's like realize that he you know he has his issues and that he's you know he's a volatile guy. Yeah, you especially don't be around. Yeah, especially when he just gets. When he goes off. Yeah, when, you know, when he's trying to kill oof. people. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> he's trying to kill you. Other than that, he seems like a great guy. And normally, it's funny, because normally I don't like movies about people with behavioral problems or mental illness. I usually don't like them, but this one just worked on every level for me, so... Uh, any final thoughts on Mommy? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm Is gonna it... say that it's... it's definitely one of his strongest films i don't know i don't know if it's better than lawrence anyways i don't know if i mean damn if he tops that it's gonna be incredible but it's pretty it's pretty damn close it's pretty damn close so you're saying this is either tied for first with lawrence anyways or a close second close second close second now i haven't seen lawrence anyways i was gonna watch it try to watch it last night but it was getting too late (sighs) and i didn't want to i didn't want to risk falling asleep get yourself ready for that and and I was like already in knee deep in a Dolan marathon yesterday, so I I couldn't do one more. I did. I watched. Uh, I killed my mother, and I rewatched Mommy, and I watched Tom at the Farm yesterday. Whew. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was already pretty pretty well drained by that point. I do hope to watch Lawrence anyways today, though. So I'll report back on that next week, hopefully. Oh, oh, man. A lot of his movies are on Netflix. By the way, Netflix Instant. You can just hop on there. Hop on yeah, there and start you, watching. You can catch. I think Mommy's on there. I killed my mother and Lawrence. Anyways, I don't know if I think any of his. The Heartbeats used to be on there. I, don't know I if think it still is. I think it still is. I think I saw that on there yesterday when I was watching. I killed my mother on there. I'm looking it up as we speak. See what we got going on. Okay, there's three. That, there's three that are playing Instant right now. That's Lawrence anyways. I killed my mother in heartbeats. Okay, so Mommy's not. I could have sworn Mommy was on there. I thought it was too. Apparently not. Hmm. Well, if you are interested in seeing it, it is on Amazon Instant Video and all, all the other VOD platforms. So you can see it there. Uh, what are you going to give Mommy out of 10? I'm going to go like a bit eight and a half. Uh, I, I went with a 10 on this one. Okay. Yep. I went. I went ten out of ten on mommy. Oh, Absolutely goodness. loved it. Oh my goodness. Yep. I hearted it and five started on letter. Holy shit! There's not much more uh, you can do. Hearted and five starred. Oh my god. It's currently sitting at my number two movie of the year, just under Mad Max, which I also hearted and starred five. So. Great, great movie. Certainly one of the best of the year. If if you're trying to see all the best movies of the year, don't don't miss out on that one. Because I I understand why people might not like it as much as I did. My girlfriend liked it, but she didn't love it as much as I did. Just I think the length will will drain some people. But for me, I was just fully fully engaged the whole time, and I felt like there weren't any negatives. To this movie, I just I was so into it the entire time. I'd be I'm I'm curious I'm curious to see what you think of Lawrence. Anyways, now 
knowing that mommy is a 10 out of 10 with yeah. a with a with a heart you with heart, a heart you hearted it too with, I mean. with a heart all right let's uh talk about someone we're watching i'm gonna use this as a segue into i killed my mother i don't have a whole lot to say about this one this so this is his xavier dolan's debut uh as we mentioned earlier I, I liked it a lot. I, th- it was a lot like Mommy. Mm-hmm. R- Mommy was a lot like this, actually. Yeah. I mean, even down to the same actors. It's kind of like a... I don't know, maybe coming back to it. Coming back to a, kind of the same, the same storyline, just about. But a little... Slightly different? I don't know. Slightly different. He... This is supposedly semi-autobiographical, and it's certainly not as uh, uh, emotionally explosive as Mommy. It's more, uh, I'd say, in tune with uh, what what I would consider to be like a normal, uh, normal conflicts between seventeen-year-old kids and their parents. Mm-hmm. He just, he had issues with his mom. It seems like it. I mean, I don't want to... All all kinds of conflicts going on with his mom. I don't want to go out on a limb here, but... It was interesting, though, because one scene, they would be okay with each other. And then, like, the the one scene that sticks out in my mind is there's a scene where she's like, Hey, I gotta go uh, run an errand. Do you want me to... You want to go with me and I can drop you off at the video store. And he's like, yeah, sure. That's fine. And she does that. And he's picking out a video and he's waiting in line to check out. And she just comes in and screams at him in front of everybody and then leaves. And he's like, what, what, what the hell's going on here? And then he goes out and she's gone. She left him there. Mm -hmm. And then she, she comes back, but it's like, what was that all about? You know, like, she's so upset that he's not respecting her and all this stuff, but it's like, why did she do that? So I, I think that yeah, it's, it's, it, was, it was interesting, because I, I think that they both had... Yeah, because you can it's, it's, you can kind of see where the the issues are coming from, and you kind of see that in Mommy, too, because mm-hmm. there's things that the mother does that you're kind of like, well, that kind of explains why the son acts that way. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, holy hell, what a debut. Jeez. Yeah, it's kind of bullshit, right? Oh my god. It's ridiculous. I mean, usually, there's a lot of people that have great debut films. You know, uh, what's his name? Ben Zeitlin, I think, is a good example with, with uh, yeah, Peace of the Southern Wild. Yeah, ben Zeitlin did one movie, and then Dolan did one. And then did like six other ones that are awesome. Yeah, and he just doesn't stop. And he was nineteen years old when he made "I Killed My Mother." Nineteen. That's ridiculous. So, jeez. Yeah. So I killed my mother on Netflix. Instant. Check it out. It's really good. Um, yeah, yeah. Not any. I thought that it was gonna look look more low budget and just kind of look rough around no, the edges. it's fucking polished as can be. Yeah, and that's the funny thing. It's like, because cause at first I was like, well, it's his first film, so he's probably trying to find his voice and, and no. his style. But it's like he's got that shit right off the bat. It, it, 
it seems like he's been cultivating that and maintaining it for like for 19 years straight and then just decided to put something out you know what i mean like when you watch i killed my mother you're thinking oh this is from like a professional veteran yeah no, it's just the first movie and he just knows what he's doing and he's fantastic at it and it just doesn't make sense and it's kind of irritating that he's that good (laughs) i think it's exciting because it is exciting at at 26 he's already had five hit feature films so he's gonna and and he's been cranking them out like nobody's business so i think that it's really exciting for us as movie watchers to see what he's going to be coming up with next. I'm really excited to see how his English language debut turns out. You know, that's a big hurdle for a lot of directors. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how that turns out. I'm sure it's going to be great, though. More than likely. I mean, can you maintain that? I can't believe he's maintained it this long. Even though I heard that Heartbeats is kind of like the weakest one. I haven't seen that yet, though. No, I haven't seen that either. But uh, I I saw I saw Rosewater, which is oh, yeah? on Netflix instant. The John Stewart. The John Stewart debut, and I heard it's meh. It's a meh. Uh, he mm. just he tries he tries a bit too much. He gets a bit creative, and if his creative choices just they do not work at all. They just don't work, and it's really detrimental. I mean, because for the most part, if you took all of these. Uh, artistic flourishes out and it was just the story and the way that he shoots it it'd be fine it'd be a complete you know it'd be serviceable because it's an interesting story it's engaging um and he does it he does a decent job of shooting it bringing it across everything it's just he keeps adding these things there was one that works where it's kind of um gil garcia bernal walking from the airport to his mother's house and he's walking through the streets of Tehran and he's kind of like reminiscing about his sister and his father and everything and as he's walking through the city like the things that he's reminiscing about are kind of superimposed on the shop windows oh, okay. like as he's walking by and it looks pretty good and it was an interesting choice and I think for the most part it worked the only thing that he kind of kills it at the end because he's like he's talking about his father being in he was imprisoned I forget for how many years for being a communist back in the 50s and Gil Garcia Bernal's doing a, a voiceover and he's like he's talking about how his dad never broke he's like my dad never broke and then immediately after that there's the voice of his father in the voiceover that comes on and he's just like I never broke and it's just like well that's why why did you just do that that's, that was terrible and then he yeah. says something else and then the dad's voice comes in again and just repeats what Bernal said, and you're just like, why? Why are you doing this? Trying to make it a little poetic? Yeah, it's just, it, it was working. It was working, and then you completely fucking ruined it. And then there's there's an instant where he's, you know, he's covering the elections and everything, and his driver that he hired is like, I'll show you, I'll show you the other side. So, you know, they're driving through, and he gets to see the, the opposition side, and he gets to see, you know, these secret spots where they have these uh satellites hooked up and everything and you know and then immediately after that for some reason they do this like where they just show footage of like driving through the city and little hashtags come up at like every single person walking on the street and it's like hashtag 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 and then it goes up the buildings and 
you know, all this shit. And then it kind of zooms out to like a picture, like a, a map of Tehran with all the hashtags and everything. And it's just like, that's, that's like a CNN, like segue move. Why did you put yeah. that in your movie? This, why? And then when he's imprisoned, he's talking to his, he has dialogues with his father about, you know, their experiences being in prison and that, you know, they have an actor playing his father. So they'll have discussions with each other. And it just, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Hmm. That's a it's, shame. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Because it's a good story. You have a great story already. Well, and I, from what I understand, it's a pretty personal story to Jon Stewart as well. Yeah. Like he and knew it, that. He knew the guy, right? Well, and isn't they that, show, isn't that... well, they show too. They, they have, um, Jason Jones is in the movie. Because they, oh, okay. they interviewed the guy for The Daily Show. So they show, right. like, he goes and does the interview with Jason Jones. And they do it. And then when he's in jail and he's being interrogated, they use the footage from The Daily Show. Okay. Like, against him. Because, you know, Jason Jones is kind of joking about, oh, I'm a spy. Da, da, da. And then when they're interrogating him, they're like, why are you meeting with an American spy? And he's like, no, no, no. It's a comedy show. But they think it's real. Yeah. So he yeah, I remember, kind of I remember got to, that kind of got him in trouble but i mean it's a hell of a story and if you take all those bits out it's good you know it's like a solid six where it's like you know that's, that's a good movie it's nothing special but it's good enough but just all these choices that he put in just really oh really boss it down yeah it sounds like he was trying to be a little bit a little artistic a little bit risky with his storytelling techniques and it yeah, it's just, didn't, it didn't, didn't really work it out. It didn't work out. It didn't work. And the things that did work out, you're like, hey, this is working. He would just come in and destroy it by just going a bit too far with it. Mm, that's that's a shame. So that's Rosewater on Netflix now. I saw one that it was risky and it absolutely did work out. And that's with Tangerine. Film shot entirely on an iPhone. Holy crap. Okay. All right. Holy crap. When you see this movie, it it was I was amazed that it was shot on an iPhone. First of all, it looks so good. And let me just preface that with uh, I saw this at the part of the rooftop summer film festival mm-hmm. here in the city. So it was on the roof of a building, and it was a big outdoor screen. So. It's entirely possible that I didn't see all the the detail that may have made it look um, lower quality, mm-hmm. but in in my viewing experience, it looked amazing. Uh, also, before before the screening, they had a performance by a rapper by the name of Dayburger, a female rapper, and it was the most perfect pairing with this movie. the The programmers at Rooftop. They they know what's up. It was it was a, a treat. Uh, so Tangerine story about two transgender prostitutes looking for a pimp on Christmas Eve in Los Angeles, and it is it's a comedy, but you know it deals it deals with some major issues within the transgender community, but. It doesn't hammer you over the head with it. It's not about that. Like, it's not about the fact that these two main characters are transgender. It's just they happen to be transgender. Yeah. And I think that I think that movies like this are so important right now because the more that we can that we can f- feature 
uh, trans people in the media, in cinema and in TV even, the more socially acceptable it'll become. Oh, yeah. And I, so movies like this, I think, are, are vitally important. And the way that, that Sean Baker edits this movie, because he directs, produces, writes, edits. He did everything. And uh, the, the editing is, I, you may have a problem with it. I don't know. If you're gonna, you just always like the, you just always assume that I'm gonna have problems with things. <laughs> I do, I do, because you, because you're you're really hard on on things. But I, I love the editing. It's very fast. I mean, the editing it is rapid fire. Okay. Right. And the whole movie is it's a very kinetic movie, very fast paced. Uh, it, it's really music driven. There's a lot of great music in it too. And a lot of the movie is just them walking from point A to point B. But the way that it's shot and cut and the music that they add to it, it just, it meshes. I mean, it is it is great. And it's hysterically funny. The The writing is on point. It is so good. It's, it's, and it, I, it's like one of my favorite things in movies. Just people walking. Walking and talking. Yeah. Chit-chatting. It's great. There's a lot of it in this movie. There's one aspect of this movie that I did not like and I could have done without, and that's the fact that there's a entirely separate plot line that's happening concurrently with uh, the two girls played by Katana Kiki Rodriguez and Maya Taylor. Okay. Cindy and uh, Alexandra, I believe, are their names in the in the film. There's an entirely separate plot line that's happening with this cab driver so periodically they'll cut to this cab driver driving around dealing with drunk people and and weird people and at one point we go back he goes home and we meet his family and he's having a dinner and all this stuff and it's just like why are we learning so much about this guy why is he important to the story because at first, for most of the movie, he's completely disconnected from the main characters. Yeah. There's no there's no connection at all, other than we could probably assume that he's driving around the same neighborhood. Yeah. You know? But they do connect them. I just felt like it wasn't that big of a payoff. It, it didn't feel quite earned uh, because we had to spend so much time with this guy and his family and I felt like a lot of times when they would switch to to his story, the film would lose momentum because this the two main characters were so funny and interesting that you just wanted to stay with them and see what happens yeah. with them. And they were just, you know, so energetic and talking so fast and arguing with each other and arguing with people on the street and yelling and fighting. And it was just, there's just so much energy there. And then you'd switch to him, and there's just not, like not a lot going on. He's driving around in a cab. Everything comes to a screeching halt. So, yeah, that was the, the one small negative I had with this movie. But everything else was amazing. Uh, I overall loved it. Uh, you can read my full review. It's up on the site now. This is currently playing in New York and I think L.A. Yeah. I'm not sure what kind of release it's going to get otherwise, but I think it's one of the best of the year. So I didn't hear you say Lancaster. Is it playing in Lancaster? 
don't think so right now. No, it Damn seems it. this this seems like a type of movie that may not end up in Lancaster. I don't know. Maybe it'll. I think it's it, getting it, 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 it's what? getting a lot of buzz. So it might be. I think it might be coming. It's getting a lot of buzz. So I could definitely see it showing up in small indie theaters around the country. Take it. Oh yeah, it's coming. I'm getting it in August. Oh, there you go. Getting it in August. Yeah, I definitely recommend checking it out. Tangerine. I look forward to that one. Uh, yeah, you should. It's amazing. Another one I've been looking forward to. Finally got to check it out. Ex Machina. Mm. Oh, boy. This one This one could... Uh, oh, boy. We could probably discuss this one at length. We're not going to, but there's a lot going on in this we could. We could do a bunch of things, but we could just... Just marvel at the design of the whole thing. Ooh. Just that, oh, Jesus Christ. The whole the whole compound that he lives in is yeah. amazing. Wow. Just unbelievable. Everything. Color palette. The look of it. The design of the AI. Of Ava. I thought that, that was fantastic. I mean, damn, that looked so unbelievable. Uh, it... it I thoroughly enjoyed it. Let me just throw that out there. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Very interesting off the bat. Uh, Oscar Isaac's portrayal is wholly fascinating. Just to watch him interact. Because you didn't expect it. You don't expect that character to act that way. He's a dude, bro. Yeah, and it's it's amazing. It's amazing to witness. And, I mean, honestly, I just wanted more of him. Just more of him and Gleason interacting. And just the bizarre things that he would do, the disco dancing, which just comes out of nowhere and is, without a doubt, amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then it, 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 it kind of falls apart a little bit towards the end. I think the entire thing was pretty, pretty damn predictable right from the outset. But the fact that they were still, that Alex Garland was still able to keep it engaging and fascinating and interesting despite that i think is is it's exceptional but the where it ends up at the end was just because you have all these interesting things going on all these topics and discussions and all of it is just fantastic and then you just kind of throw it all off the table just you know arm sweep everything off the table and you're like well let's just make it a thriller and it's like why why did you do that i mean it it was thrilling yes but it just—it seems like everything was just scrapped at the end there. We just went for a more traditional, straightforward, which I think was just kind of a disservice to everything well, that like, was built up before. Like you said, it—you kind of know where it's gonna go. Yeah, you—you you expect that. Even if you—if you saw the trailers, they—they they show it in the trailers where it's gonna go. Uh, so yeah, I—I I, I don't know if it was meant to be like a, a shocking twist or anything about what happens. No, but it's just it, during the climax. But it just does feel like all that, all the intelligence, is just it's thrown out the window. And it's like, interesting. Just this is what we are now. And it's just like, hey, come on, you were you were so much better. This is one of the few movies where I saw it in the theater, and after after the movie, I liked it. I liked what I saw. Uh, it wasn't. I mean, pretty much. I felt the exact same way you did. But the screening that I saw it at had a, a Q&A with Alex Garland afterwards, mm-hmm. which, first of all, I didn't even know. I didn't even know he was there. <laughs> that, was, that was the surprise <laughs> twist for you. 
Yeah, that was. Oh, shit, there's a Q&A? What? And I actually stayed for the Q&A. A lot of times I don't because often they're very painful to sit through. Yeah. Not not because of the uh, the filmmakers or actors or whoever, but the pe- because of the audience. The pe- yeah, the people asking the question. The, There's the nothing audience. worse than hearing audience questions. And nine times out of ten, you'll be at a Q&A where somebody doesn't even have a question. They just are like, yeah, uh, I just wanted to let you know that this movie was great. Uh, and it'll be like, okay, well, is there a question? No, I just uh, I wanted you to know that I liked it. <laughs> like, okay. Thank you, random man and audience. <laughs> anyway, the... The Q&A, he kind of went into a lot of detail about his his decisions for this movie. Well, and yeah, and you, th- like t- the- you can tell that's, that's kind of what, sorry to cut you off, but that's kind of what bothered me is you can tell that he put an insane amount of thought into everything that's going on in this movie. And then it just, it feels like it just all got scrapped at the end and we just went for like a, you know, standard like sci-fi thriller. Sort of, uh, yeah. Which is yeah, just kind of unfortunate. I agree with that. But it was one of the few Q&As where afterwards I actually liked the movie more. Because I didn't, just, just seeing it, just seeing the movie coming out of it, not really processing it, you know, fully. It was like he was doing the processing for me. Mm. I And he kind of disclosed all of the subtext and everything that was in that movie. Yeah. And it was like, holy shit, yeah. That's crazy. That movie's crazy. But yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I mean, it didn't, it's not on my top 10 or anything. It's close. It's, but it's not. I just, and I always find anything that deals with AI are, it's just, it's so intriguing. Cause it's yeah. just, it would, and I, and you know, I don't know if it's just, they, they always seem to, to follow the same route or end up the same because it makes for a better, you know, narrative, but it's just, it's an interesting insight to see what people, what they think is going to happen or how it's going to play out. I think in, it's always negative. Yeah, Which it's is always an, negative. It's an interesting insight into what they think of humans. I think that artificial intelligence is kind of an inherently interesting concept. And it, because it, I think that, first off, it's a concept that seems to be within our grasp, you know? It seems like something like this could happen one day. Yeah. Within maybe even within our lifetimes. And the idea of artificial intelligence is just it's fascinating. It's fascinating to because not only would it be self-aware, it would be infinitely more intelligent than any human being on earth. Well, yeah. And it's like what what would that mean? What would that do? Like how would that? But of course, this movie gets into a lot of other other topics as well, not just AI. Yeah. So Oscar Isaac, geez, is he like the best guy working right now? He's awesome. He's, that's for sure. He's fucking unbelievable. He's ridiculous. Yeah, he's he's definitely definitely good. That comes out on DVD and Blu-ray Tuesday, so be sure to check it out. Check it. Get on that. All the rest I have for this week or not. Not amazing. Oh, well, I have one that's pretty good. Uh, let me start off with one that's not, though. I Lived. Uh, this is a horror film by Frank Colfoon. Uh, He's the guy that did the Maniac remake okay. a couple years ago, which I liked a lot, actually. And that's why I gave this a look. Uh, it's not good. It's, it's about 
this this guy who does YouTube app reviews. So he he's got like a, he's a YouTuber and he does reviews of cell phone apps. And he finds this app called I Lived and decides to try it out. It's basically supposed to be like a life coach sort of where you put in a goal like get get a six pack and then it alerts you and kind of motivates you to to reach your goals. Mm-hmm. However, as he starts to find out there's something more uh, nefarious at foot here. His goals, all the goals that he puts in there start coming true. Ooh. But there there are some negative consequences to oh, these things. Consequences. Really all you have to do if you want to know how on the nose this movie is, just look at the title and read it backwards. What's the, what's the title of this again? I lived. Devil Eye. That's the name. That's what it is spelled backwards. There's so much on the nose imagery in this. It, it's kind of kind mm. of silly. Mm. It's kind of silly. Uh, the big problem I had was the main character. He was such a fucking tool that I couldn't stand him at all i hated him so much so 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 much and i didn't care what happened to him i i wanted him to fail so what you're saying is the devil makes an app is that what you're saying yeah basic basically yeah (laughs) basically (laughs) (laughs) oh god at first it's kind of cool it's this mysterious app that essentially makes your dreams come true but then bad things start to happen so it's kind of it's kind of cool you know it's kind of like a like a monkey paw type thing that's that's going on here where but i would like to see the flip side of this which is the devil in silicon valley drumming up interest and working funds. with develop yeah working with developers Me- i just meeting with people I could just going see- to parties he has one of those Bluetooth things in his ear, and he's pacing back and forth among uh, cubicles of programmers, and he's like, no, I, I need a cleaner interface. I need a cleaner interface on this. It needs to be dummy-proof. People need to just pick it up and start using it. Yeah. See, that's the movie that should have been made. At one point, you do see the, Wait, the that, guy who, who created the app. Uh-huh. And he just looks like a regular guy, but... The scene he's in a, he's in this kind of study and there's a there's like some deer antlers or something on the wall and the way that the camera's positioned he's standing in front of the antlers and it makes it look like he has devil horns or no no I think it, I think it was actually bull horns that were on the wall and it's just like are you kidding me you you actually just did that right now so yeah this one is a big failure for me. Big fail. Mm. Oh boy. I lived. It's on VOD right now. Yeah. Get some of that. I don't have anything else, so. Okay. Well, I'll just mention one more. I, I saw a few other things, but I'll just mention one more, and that's Creep. This is on VOD right now. Uh, stars um, uh, Mark Duplass. And this is. The reason I'm mentioning this is because it's a found footage. Found footage horror film. What? And this one actually worked for me. No. I liked it quite a bit. And I, I think that when you see it, you'll like it too. 
it's basically about a guy who hires um, a cameraman for a thousand bucks and all he has to do is follow him around for a day because apparently he has an inoperable brain tumor and his wife is pregnant and he's kind of just making a, uh, a video for his unborn child. Okay. But things start to get a little bit weird. Mm. And as it turns out, this guy may not be who he says he is. And it starts to escalate from there. Very slow burn, like like most found footage horror films. You don't really know what's going to happen or where it's going to go. I mean, you have suspicions, of course, but yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in it that makes you kind of second guess what's going on, and I liked that about it. It sounds it sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, it's got there's some comedy in it too. Mark Duplass plays such a weirdo in this movie. It's worth seeing just for him playing this character (laughs) that's the main thing i want to see yeah if you see the trailer there's they show a really funny scene when he first meets him and he pops up in his window and he goes he goes oh my god this is gonna be a good day and just the way he says it and the way he looks it's it's just so funny oh god oh my god this is gonna be a good day and then he makes him get out of the car and he hugs him right away yeah. So it's just, it's just a weird, weird little movie. Hmm. I I do recommend it. It's not mind blowing or anything, but as far as found footage goes, you know, it's it's not bad. There's always there's always one or two found footage movies that come out every year that are quite good. Well, I think the number one uh, caveat to making a good like found footage movie is just keep it simple. Just keep it simple. Yeah, keep it simple and have the, have the mechanic make sense. Exactly. You know, this this makes sense because it's a guy recording another guy. It makes sense. There's some found footage movies where it doesn't make sense, where it's like, oh, we're going on vacation, let's record everything, and it's just, it feels tacked on. Like, you didn't have to do it this way. Yeah, that's pretty much 80-some percent of them. Probably even higher, 90, 95, and 98%. I think that that's, that's one of the most disappointing things about found footage for me is that with some of them, I'll see the movie and I'll be like, this would actually be pretty good if it wasn't found footage. Yeah, exactly. You know, some sometimes the, the mechanic feels very detrimental to the actual movie. Well, and, I get the sense sometimes that they just use that mechanic as number one. Crutch. Well, number one, it's, you know, it's easily marketable. They, you know, they think that there's a market for it, and then second, it's just it's easy, easier to, you know, kind of justify the the look of the film. You know, if you have a low budget and it doesn't look that great, I'm just like, yeah. well, it's found footage. It's supposed to look that way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So anyway, Creep, I do recommend checking out, even though it is found footage. It's it's, uh, it's a good found footage one. I think Blumhouse Tilt is putting it out, which is kind of. Some sort of offshoot of Blumhouse. I don't know what. I don't know what. I know that they're the same subgroup that's putting out Green Inferno, Eli Roth's. Oh, okay. One they they picked it up. So yeah, check it out. Let's go ahead and talk about some predictions. Last week, Minions. 
Oh man, I didn't pull up the results. <laughs> and... Can't go over the results if I don't have them in front of my face. Let's just make them up. Minions got a 14. <laughs> you can believe that. Uh, okay, Minions, you said 62, I said 78, actual 54. Hmm. Good, good. I'm glad that that didn't kill it. Good. I don't. I don't know what the box. I didn't look at the box office numbers for this weekend, but I'm guessing it did. Pretty I think good. it made like 287 billion dollars. <laughs> and it, it beat it beat all the superhero movies of the beat what, Jurassic World. The worst part about Minions is just that they're fucking everywhere. I know they it's they've like, invaded our lives. It's like Minions applesauce, Minions fruit drink. Hey, get your Minions Swiffers. It's like Jesus Christ. Will you not? Like, do you have to put the minions on everything? Yeah, it's a little ridiculous. Selfless. I kind of forgot that that even came out. Uh, you said 42. I said 32. Actual 20. Hmm. <laughs> a Tarsum Singh movie that didn't get a good review. That didn't get good reviews. Go figure. You, yeah. Didn't expect that to happen. And finally, we have The Gallows. You said zero. I said 51. Actual 14. So you were closer on that one. Damn right it was. We have a review for that up on the site. We gave it a three. Oof. Yeah, Blake reviewed that for us. Next week, we have a big one. Ant-Man. Oh, cool. I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. Early reviews are out for that one, and everybody's saying that it's quite good, and they're saying that the Edgar Wright style is still there, even though he, you know... Left. He left. He just got someone to come in and imitate him. That's good for the future of people. Well, Directors I don't know. Just hire someone know. else to come in and act like that. I'm not sure that Much cheaper. he was imitating... So much as just kind of going off the script, but we'll see. I'm pretty excited for it. I heard a lot of good things. I heard that it's one of the funniest Marvel movies thus far. So I will say, I'll give it. I'll say 72. I'm gonna say 62. Okay. And let's see. Trainwreck comes out also. The Judd Apatow. Oh, okay. Judd Apatow one with Amy Schumer. Yeah. Amy Schumer, blowing up. She's all over the place. She's, she just... Just uh, Exploded onto the scene. You might not know this, but I can't stand her. <laughs> really? Well... I just hate her comedy. I, I think... I, I watch Inside Amy Schumer, and I find some of it to be funny. I think I, she has her moments. I haven't seen the show. I've just seen some of her stand-up, and not a fan, not a fan. Can't get behind that. The show's pretty funny. I mean, the fact that they did a shot-for-shot remake of 12 Angry Men. Yeah, I almost watched that, because I did read about that, and I thought, damn, that sounds very interesting. Yeah, that was interesting. I probably will have to watch that at some point. At least that. She does a a lot of cool stuff on her show. But anyway, what are you thinking about Trainwreck? Trainwreck, I'm gonna say seventy-four. I'm thinking the Trainwreck is gonna be anything but a Trainwreck. Oh my god! And I'm gonna, and I'm gonna say eighty-six. Before you, guess. before you know it, you're gonna be in the mainstream with shit like that. <laughs> you're gonna syndicate it, everything. Can't wait. In, in limited release, we have 
Ardor. Uh-huh. We have Mr. Holmes, which is the one with uh, Ian McKellen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As, as an older Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, let's get that Sherlock on. I, I have no interest in that, actually. Sherlock overload. The Stanford Experiment, or start, the Stanford Prison Experiment. There you go, you got it. I, that this is one that's been eluding me. I keep getting invites to go to screenings for this, and it's, I always want to go, but for some reason can't. So I'm actually pretty excited for this one. They just I think it looks, fucking make movies out of anything now. I think it looks pretty good. I can't wait until we have, like, a movie based upon a Wikipedia article. <laughs> The future is so fucking bright. I can't wait. There's a there's a lot of stuff that I'm excited for. I think the future is bright in cinema. Irrational Man and The Look of Silence. Okay. So, next week on A Video on Demand, we have Joe Dirt 2, Beautiful Loser. Mm. Uh, Do I Sound Gay comes out on the 15th. Saw that. It's a pretty decent doc. Not great. Shred comes out on the 14th. A lot of odd days that a lot of these are coming out. Uh, let's see. Safe Light, Ardor, and is it Lila and Eve? Yeah. All right. Yeah. And this is just the part of the show where you go through extremely generic film titles and my eyes gloss over. Yeah, a lot. A lot of them. Uh, also, I hear it's you just going. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> uh, let's go over some Blu-ray releases. First of all, I want to mention that uh, a slew of films have have received Comic Con limited edition Blu-ray releases, and the covers are awesome. Yeah. So they're available now. They they uh, went on sale July 9th, and that they include Batman the Movie. 1966, Big Trouble in Little China, Commando, The Terminator, Mad Max, X Men, Spaceballs, and Aliens. Check those out. Those. They're twenty bucks each, and they look awesome. Yeah. I haven't I haven't looked into like the special features or anything, but the just the cover art looks really really cool. That is the special feature, and I'd probably be okay with that <laughs> as long as the, as long as the transfer was good. I'd be okay with that. So we have Ex Machina, X-Men Days of Future Past. I recommend both of those. Uh, the X-Men one intrigues me e- even more because it includes all of the stuff that was cut from the film. So uh, if you remember back when that came out, they had to cut it down for length. It was, it was quite long, the original version of that movie. So some of the scenes that they ended up cutting were actually pretty big scenes yeah so i'm actually excited to see the various things that got cut out of it uh it follows obviously recommend that one huge fan of that one Mm, let's see what else we got here paul blart mall cop 2 probably skip that (laughs) probably avoid that one just just outright avoid it Mm -hmm. yes yes and that's pretty much it for new stuff. Adventure Time yes. is getting a release. What is that? Yes. Uh, the fifth season is getting a release. The Howling 2 is getting a Blu-ray release. Blown Away with Tommy Lee Jones and uh, Jeff Bridges. Mm-hmm. 
I remember liking that movie, but I don't think it's very good. Oh, the second best exotic Marigold Hotel. Uh, that's that's pretty much it. The Longest Ride. That's that uh, Nicholas Sparks one, I think. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. So a good number. Good number of things coming out next week. Giuseppe makes a movie also. I recommend that if you're into... Full of releases. Yeah. I recommend that one if you're into gross... If you're into Giuseppe Andrews or into gross stuff. <laughs> if you're into gross. If you're into gross. Just hop on. Uh, if you if you that. like... If you like Harmony Corinne and kind of, you know, uh, I don't know what you'd even call that. Trash cinema? Yeah. Yeah. We'll call it that. Gonzo? A lot of non-actors. Yeah, Gonzo. He uses a lot of homeless people and drug addicts in his movies. There you go. And buys them, pays them in alcohol. Which is really the only way to work. <laughs> Let's, and yeah. honestly, that's how most of us work. Yeah. Except maybe we just we get money to cover it up. But oh, also the oh, what, what do we got? Sorry, there's uh, Lost Soul, the Doomed Journey of uh, what's his name, Richard Stanley's Island of Doctor Moreau. Jesus Christ, that's the title. Yeah, listen to this. This is the full title. Oh man, Lost Soul, Lost Soul, the Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Doctor Moreau, House of Pain edition. Hmm. Actually, I want to see that because it's it's about the uh, that '90s Island of Doctor Moreau movie that came out. Yeah, that, that was like a disaster, and I, I kind of want to see the the whole behind the scenes stuff with that. Oh my! Anyway, anyway, what do we got on the Criterion front? Uh, we got three. We got three of them this week. All right. Uh, the Russian Milano War. It's getting re-release, Blu-ray, coming out. Uh, we have The Black Stallion from 1979, Carol Ballard. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That one's coming out. And then Here Is Your Life from 1966. So, I haven't seen any of these. I think, I, I think I've seen Hiroshima Monomore. I don't remember it, though. So, I guess that's an indicator. That either it didn't stick with me or a lot of time has passed. Arrow Films is releasing Stray Cat Rock, the collection. There you go. Miko Kaji, uh, series collection of five films. Arrow. Man, Arrow is killing it. I feel like Scream Factory and Arrow. See, uh, uh, Arrow has just been... Uh, they, need to, they need to calm down just a little bit. They're just... They, <laughs> They're gonna wear themselves out. I know they're. <laughs> <laughs> just cool it. Just cool it for a little bit. Just take a break. Take a vacation. You deserve it. Every week, there's like five films I, that that's... that Arrow comes out with that I want. I, to be fucking honest, I get like my Twitter, whatever timeline, whatever the hell you want to call it. It's just Arrow, <laughs> just nonstop. And every day, it's like here's the six new releases from Arrow. And it's just like you just announced seven yesterday. What the fuck? And they're the thing is they're really good releases. They're quality too. I know, and they, I just I want like every single one of them. Yeah. And they just they, they gotta stop. Just just let's take a break. Let's yeah, take a they're putting out putting out a lot of really great obscure. This is like stuff. It's like tantric releasing. 
just <laughs> fucking cool it. Let's take a break. We're sore. Oh, boy. All right. I think that that will wrap it up for this week. Be sure to send us your questions. Podcastfilmpulse.net is the address. Follow us on Twitter at FilmPulseNet and at FilmPulseKevin. And please take a look at our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash FilmPulse is the address. Please consider subscribing. For as little as $1 per month, you'll be helping support the show and the website. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you on Thursday for Ryan Watches a Movie.